Luke chapter 7, I'm going to jump in. Luke chapter 7, verse 1. I'm going to read some verses, and uh, I'll explain what's happening, and then I'll tell you the title of tonight. Is that okay? Luke chapter 7, verse 1. It says, when, this is talking about Jesus. When, when he finished speaking to the people, he entered Capernaum. A Roman captain there had a servant who was on his deathbed. He prized him highly and he did not want to lose him. When he heard Jesus was back, he sent leaders from the Jewish community asking him to come and heal his servant. They came to Jesus and they urged him to do it, saying, he deserves this. He loves our people. He even built our meeting place. Jesus went with them, and when he was still quite a far away from the house, the captain sent friends to tell him, Master, you don't have to go all the way quite this far to the, sorry, Master, you don't have to go all the way to this trouble. I'm not that good a person, you know. I'd be embarrassed for you to come to my house, even embarrassed to come if you came in person. Just give the order, and my servant will be well. I'm a man under orders. I also give orders. I tell one soldier, go, and he goes. Another, come, and he comes. My slave, I tell him, do this, and he does it. Taken aback, Jesus addressed the accompanying crowd. He said, you know, I've yet to come across this kind of simple trust anywhere in Israel. The very people who are supposed to know about God and know how he works. When the messengers got back home, they found the servant up and well. I love this story in Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7, 1 through 10, a story about a Roman captain, a man that has, as he's describing about himself, he's got people under him. He's got uh, uh, assistants. He's got a PA. He's probably got an executive assistant. He's got soldiers. He's got servants. This is somebody. And the Bible says that one of his key guys, one of the best employees that he has in the company. One of the guys that's making this whole thing work is on his deathbed and is actually about to pass away. Now, this guy, the captain, he thinks to himself, now there's some guys I can get away with. There's some guys I can lose, but this guy, he's key. He's, he's, he's concluded to himself, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm going to fetch Jesus. I'm gonna go get Jesus and see if he'd be willing to come to the house, see if he'd be willing to come and, and, and take care of the problem. So he sends forth some messengers. He sends forth some of his guys, some of his crew. And his crew comes to Jesus. Jesus has just finished ministering somewhere else. And they say to him, um, Jesus, our, our guy, he's a really good guy. And the guy that's sick is an even better guy. And if you would just take time to come and heal this guy, he's done a lot for us. He's been a key part of the whole thing we're building here. If you could take time out of your busy schedule to come and heal this guy, it, it just would mean the world. Jesus is like, absolutely, I have time for that. Anybody thankful that God's not too busy for you? Anybody thankful that God has time to stop what he's doing to help you in your situation? Anybody believe that God's not too busy? Jesus says, I, 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 absolutely, I'd be honored to go help. I, this, is, this is what I'm good at. You got somebody sick? Oh, I happen to specialize in this type of situation. Jesus is walking with the guys. He's on his way to go heal the man on his deathbed. Now, when word returns to the, to the captain, to the guy, he concludes to himself, wow, this worked. This is awesome. Jesus is coming. But he starts to kind of feel bad about what he did at the Avalon a few nights ago. He starts to kind of feel bad about some things he's looked at, some stuff he said, his temper issues, his, you know, his, his spending addictions. He, say, he starts to be embarrassed. Oh my gosh, Jesus, the guy, the Messiah is coming to my house. 
I'm totally not worthy of this. He goes, but I get it. I get his power. I get his authority. He sends his messengers back. This time he has them tell Jesus this. He says, Jesus, our master wants you to know you don't have to come all the way to the house. In fact, the master says he'd be embarrassed if you come all the way to his house. But he also has people that are under him. He gets authority. It's just on a smaller degree. To a smaller level, our master understands authority. He says to one, go, and he goes. He says to another, come, and he comes. He says, so he understands authority. He understands you have the power. If you just say the word, he'll be healed. If you just speak the word, you don't even have to be present for the healing to take place. Can I tell you, I believe there's some of you here tonight and you're praying for people in your world and they don't have to show up at the Avalon for them to get their miracle. They don't have to show up at church for them to be touched. Come on, anybody believe that if Jesus speaks one word and if one thing happens, it didn't have to be here in the building. Come on, make a little bit more noise if you got faith for that. He says, just say the word and, and I know he'll be healed. Jesus is taken back by this. He's astounded by this man's faith. In fact, only two times in the whole Gospels do we find Jesus affirm such faith. He pauses and he says, do you, guys, he, he, the whole crowd's around him. He says, guys, do, do you see what I'm seeing? Did you hear what he just said? He said, I gotta be honest. I've been doing this thing a long time. In fact, 33 years. He said, I've been doing this a long time and I have yet to see such faith like this. I have not found such great faith like this in all of Israel. This is astounding to me. This is amazing faith. You know, I believe with all my heart, you cannot impress God with money. You cannot impress God with status. It is not going to be your morals or your ethics or your behavior or your tithing or your prayer list or your reading plan. The only thing that makes God say wow about you is how much faith you have in him, how much belief and confidence you have in him, how much you trust him and look to him. The only thing that pleases and impresses God is faith. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse six, it's going to come up on the screens, but watch what the Bible says. The writer of Hebrews emphasizes how pleasing to God faith is. He says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. In other words, what pleases God the most is faith. I've been saying this as we start 2016, this phrase, and please, if you haven't written it down, you ought to put it to memory and you ought to write it down somewhere in your notebook or in your cell phone. But I've been saying faith is what honors God the most and it's what God mostly honors. Faith is the thing that honors God the most in this world, and it's what God in return mostly honors. We wanna be in our church faith people. We wanna be those types of people that believe that God is real, believe that God is good, believe that God is gracious. He's not a dead God, he's an alive God. He's a gracious and a kind God. Come on, anybody believe tonight in the God that we're worshiping and the God that we're preaching tonight? Come on, if you believe it, you ought to just put your hands together a little bit and get a little bit excited. Come on, anybody got faith tonight? I want to preach a message tonight. If you're taking notes, you can write down the title. It's called My Kind of People. My Kind of People. Write that title down, My Kind of People. And I want to pray that God would speak to us and that we would be the type of people that please God 
with our faith. Come on, let's bow our heads and let's pray. Father, thank you for this, this setting. Thank you for these moments. Thank you for times that we can gather together and be encouraged by your word and be strengthened by who you are. God, we're believing that you are the God of the Bible and you're the God of this earth and you're the God of our lives. Thank you that you are so good that you have set your face towards us. We love you tonight more than life itself. Open up our eyes so we can see Jesus. Open up our ears so we can hear the Holy Spirit. Do what only you can do tonight. And God, with all faith, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, we are believing with all diligence that you are going to rest your glory back on the Los Angeles Lakers. God, we pray that you would return the spirit of championship back to the LA Lakers. God, let us be the last um, team this year in the NBA so we can be the first pick of the draft and send us Kevin Durant next year in the name of Jesus. And everybody said... We're going to need a whole bunch more faith than that. And everybody said, Amen. come on, where are the Laker fans at tonight? Come on, anybody, where are the LA Rams fans at tonight? Any LA Rams? Okay, I see a few hands right there. Anybody think, come on, be honest. Anybody think the Panthers are going to win? Come on, anybody think the Panthers are going to win? Where are the Bronco fans? Any Bronco fans here tonight? Anybody, you do not care. You're just excited to eat a whole bunch of chips and guac. Come on, let me, that's right, Super Bowl. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if, um, if you, if you kind of have your, um, you know, your people, your, your favorite type of people, you know, the people that you're just like, oh, I, I, I love that guy. I, lo I love that person. Like, I just, there's certain types of people that I'm like, oh, if you're into that, then you're, you're my guy. Like, where are the coffee people at? Any coffee lovers? They, if you love coffee, you're my kind of person. That's just, that's just, I love coffee. And I think that coffee should be free at church and we should drink a whole bunch of it. It's going to make us praise God better. It'll make us do life better. Somebody say amen. Now, I love, I love, I like sports people. Anybody into sports right here tonight? Just, I love sport. I just follow sports. I'm into sports. I like, I, like, I like sports. I like church. Anybody love church? Now, if you love church, you're my kind of person. I love church. I've been raised in church. I love going to church. I love building church. I'm all about church. It's just, there's certain things that you're like, oh, I, lo I love that about that person. I love that because I love that and they love that. That's, that's my guy. That's my dude. That's my dude. Yeah, I love this last week I was with, a, you, ever, you ever see an old friend that you haven't seen in a really long time? This last week I was over on the East Coast and, and I got reunited with a friend I haven't seen in a long time and, we were back together and you ever get back together with a friend you kind of are giddy like it's been a while I love you and just just total bromance going on and, and we're hanging out and he's making me laugh and I'm being reminded why I love this guy so much why I love being around him his jokes are a bit funnier and and the things he's saying and how smart he is and I'm just like this this this, this is my guy that's that's my kind of dude right there he's in the church he's in the coffee he's in the sports he's in the, I just I love this kind of person I want to talk tonight about becoming a person that God says, that's what I'm talking about. That, that's what I've been looking for. That's the type of faith and belief that says that, that that's it. You know that God actually, the Bible says that the eyes of the Lord search to and fro throughout the earth, looking for those whose hearts would be committed to him. That God's looking to find faith on this earth. Watch what it says in Acts chapter 13 of a man named David. And the Bible actually says that God says of David that he was a man after his own heart and that he found him. Watch what it says. It says, and when he had removed him, he raised up from them for them David as king, to whom also he gave the testimony or the story. And it said, I have found David the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. Do you hear what God said? I found a faith guy. 
I found a man after my own heart. Now, years later, it would go on that after God said this of this man, David, that he was a man after his own heart. Years later, David would go on to commit adultery and even go on to murder someone. Do you think that God, years later, was disappointed in himself for giving him this title, I found a man after his own heart? No, I don't think that's God at all. I think God is never concerned with your perfection, but he's always after your process. And you can still please God with your faith. Faith has everything to do, not with you, but everything to do with God. That all of my confidence is not in me, but it's in him. All of my trust is not in myself, or my emphasis is not in the believer, but in Christ alone, in the finished work of the cross, in who Jesus is, and the blood of Jesus Christ. Don't ever make your faith to be about yourself when faith has been meant to be about him. And what about Psalm 14, verse 2? And I love this verse in Psalm 14, verse 2, the message translation. And watch how God is looking for some faith. He's looking for some faith people. Watch what it says. It says, God sticks his head out of heaven. What a picture. God sticks his head out of heaven. He looks around. He's looking for someone not stupid. <laughs> Hello, church. One man even who is God expected. Just one who is God ready. Do you see what the Bible's saying? God's looking for someone who would be after his own heart. God's looking for someone who's God expectant. God is looking for someone who's God ready. God's looking for some faith people to be on this earth that say, I have belief in you. I have trust in you. I have confidence in you. Come on, is there anybody that's here tonight in Zoe that has a little bit of faith? Come on, even just a little bit of faith. Why don't you put your hands together and make a little bit of noise if you got faith tonight? just believe faith people are my kind of people faith people I think that that's God saying those are my kind of people right there oh I, I love I love faith people let me tell you a few things about faith people number one write this down faith people are trusting you, you, you know at the core and the foundation of faith is the word trust you cannot have a relationship unless there's trust all of relationships, the foundations are the same. The foundation of every relationship is trust. And you cannot have a relationship with God unless you trust God. Even all the way back to the book of Genesis, when the Bible started, God started a relationship with two people. Their names were Adam and Eve. And God said, this is utopian society. This is the optimum way to live. I'm going to give you the best life hashtag ever. And God blessed Adam and Eve and set them up in the garden and set them up to flourish and have freedom and enjoy life and to live to the optimum level. But the Bible says that Adam and Eve, they stopped trusting God and they broke trust. Trust is the main thing. Can I ask you tonight, do you trust in the Lord? Do you trust in yourself or do you trust in God? Do you trust in God's plan, God's promises, God's provision? You gotta trust God with all your heart. You gotta look to God and say, God, this may not make sense right now. What you've asking of me doesn't line up with where my plan's going, but I'm not gonna trust in myself. I'm gonna trust in you. I'm not gonna trust in my bank account. I'm not gonna trust in a doctor. I'm not gonna trust in my manager. I'm gonna trust in you. I'm gonna trust in God. You ever remember uh, growing up I, I played sports growing up I know I don't look like it the legs but um I remember I remember don't laugh so hard next time <laughs> people are like oh gosh chill out dude um 
I remember growing up in, in, you know, to build, you know, camaraderie or team morale, our coaches would bring us together and you'd have to do the trust fall. You ever have to do that? You know, you grab your shoulders and you got a couple teammates back here and you know these guys. So you're like, I don't know if I can trust them. I don't know if this is a good idea. But, you know, coach is like, do it. You know, you got to fall back. We got to trust each other on the team. And I'm like, oh gosh, I don't know. And, you know, and you, and, and you, you take the plunge and you fall back and you let go you let God. At some point, you got to trust God with all that you have. You know what tithing is, giving your money to God. Giving your tithes to God is trusting God in the area of finance. It's saying, God, I trust you that you are my source. I am not my source of my bank account. You are the source. So I trust you so much that I tithe because your, your word tells me to do this. That's what trust is. This last week, again, I was on the East Coast and I was with some friends of mine that just had a new baby, brand new baby, beautiful baby. And, um, and it was great to meet her. And we were over there having a good time. We were getting ready to go out for dinner. And so they had the babysitter come over and the babysitter's uh, over at the apartment and, and you know, comes up, you know, to the apartment and, and they're giving all the instructions and, you know, this, this is a brand new baby. So they're, you know, they're really on top of things and, you know, detailed lists and, and, you know, they, they make sure that babysitter knows everything. And then we, we said goodbye to the babysitter and we took off. We're at the, you know, the, 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 the little after party thing. And, and I'll never forget my buddy. He looks at me and he, he grabs his phone. And he goes, Hey, not only do we have a camera on, you know, our baby and we can monitor how our baby's doing. He goes, but check this out. I got a camera. I can see what the babysitter's doing. So if the babysitter brought a boy over, I can see it. If the babysitter's not paying attention to the kid, I can see it. I thought you are crazy <laughs> and you are not trusting <laughs> and I'm going to tell the babysitter <laughs> this is weird <laughs> this is good don't just put that away I don't want to see that again we're going to go to jail for this kind of stuff but <laughs> but what was this guy saying he said I, I don't trust at the core of every relationship in order for it to flourish in order for it to excel you got to trust I don't know about you, but I believe God's trustworthy. I don't have to watch and creep around to see if he's going to heal me and forgive me and provide for me. Come on. I already know. I don't even got to check the screen. Come on. I already read the word. Come on. Anybody believe tonight that our God is worthy to be trusted? You can put all your hope, all your confidence in God. I love that. Number two, write this down. Faith people are agreeing. They agree with God. They have the spirit of agreement. That's why the Bible says all of his promises in the Bible are yes and amen. They agree with God. They agree with God's precepts and God's plans. You cannot find faith people that disagree with God's thoughts and God's ways. You ever be with someone like a couple and the couple gets into a disagreement and it gets mad awkward? You know what I'm talking about? And you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're talking to each other like this. I'm right here. And you try and like hide in your phone. You're like, oh my gosh, I have checked everything that I am on and I am pretending like I'm texting no one. I'm actually making notes about my to-do list now and I wish I could get out of the conversation, but we're in a car and I'm just... <laughs> this is a disagreement. It's, it's awkward. It's just awful. You know, agreeing is saying God's thoughts and God's lifestyle, I agree with that. I agree with what God says, the way that he says life should be lived, the way that he says things should go. I agree with that guy. I agree with the, the, the Ten Commandments. I believe in the scriptures. I believe in all these things. So as I agree, I line my thinking up and my lifestyle up with God. Then I say, if this is what God says, and if this is what God's going to do, then I'm not going to disagree with it. We got a lot of people that say, I trust God, but they don't agree with God by the way they live and the way they think. 
faith is not just saying I trust God. Faith is saying I'm lining my life up to agree with his thoughts and his lifestyle. That is the goal of life. That's why we're always being changed from faith to faith, from grace to grace, from glory to glory, so that my life lines up with God. Watch this, Romans chapter 1, verse 16. And it's a famous scripture where the Paul the Apostle, he writes to the church in Rome, and he actually talks about how he's not embarrassed of God, or he's not embarrassed of going to church. He's not embarrassed of the gospel. He says these famous words, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation. Power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Now watch the next verse, 17. For in it, in Jesus, in the gospel, in grace, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. For in Jesus, in the gospel, in grace, righteousness is revealed that, re that leads me from faith to faith. Watch this. From agreeing more and agreeing more to getting my lifestyle and my thinking closer to the ways of God. I don't know about you, but I want to line up my whole life with the way God says to live. If God says this is the way morals should be done, I want to live morally sound. If God says this is the way relationships should be done, I want to live in those kind of relationships. If God says this is how you forgive, I want to forgive that way. If God says this is how you handle money, I want all of my lifestyle and all of my thinking to agree with the word of God and what God's plan is. Anybody else? Come on, I just believe that's the way we should live. Faith people don't just trust God, they agree with God. They just say, God, yeah, that's right. That's it. That's the way. That's, I'm going to do it that way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be married that way. I'm going to serve my spouse that way. I'm going to be that kind of a worker. I'm going to be that kind of a church builder. I'm a, come on, am I preaching to anybody that wants to agree with God? That's the way we ought to do it. Write down number three. Not only are they trusting, not only are they agreeing, but I love it. They are listeners. So they listen. Faith people are not just a bunch of talkers. But even more, the only way you can grow in your faith is by listening. You listen to God. You listen to God's word. You listen to God's thoughts. You listen to heaven. You know, I want to encourage you tonight. Be careful what you put in your ears. Be careful who you let speak into your life. Be careful if you've got too many critics and too many naysayers and too many people that keep boxing you into your old ways and keep putting you in that old corner and keep on remembering who you used to be. You are not who you used to be. You're not acting the same way. You're not in the same season. You don't have the same friends. Come on, you're a new creation. The Bible says all things passed away. Come on, church. And all things became new. You're not in the same space you used to be. Be careful what you put in your ears. Your ears are a sensitive place. Your ears are, that's why I got sensitive ears. Like when people start in terms, start to talk in terms of negativity, I'm like, oh, I just, I can't. When people start to gossip, I'm like, oh, just, can't. when people, I just, I can't, I got sensitive ears. Because I don't want to hear criticism and negativity. I want to hear positivity. I want to hear God's word. I want to hear heaven. I want to hear God's thoughts. I want to hear promises and potential and plans and future. Anybody else want to hear faith? I don't want to hear criticism. You know, my son, he's two years old and he's awesome. He's very unsaved, but he's awesome. And I agree, please agree with us that he gets saved. And um, our two-year-old son, he's amazing. But you know, when he was younger, about one, 
just a year ago, um, when, he was, when he was younger, I, I, I really noticed that my son, he, he could do all the stuff on the radio. So, you know, the whip nanny would come on. He's a one-year-old. He's whipping and he's nanaying. And then all of a sudden, the part would come on, would do the stanky leg, and my son's doing the stanky leg. And then all of a sudden, when it gets to break your legs, he's breaking his legs. And he's bop, bop, bop. He's doing the whole thing. And he's one years old. And then Adele would come on. And he knows Adele. In fact, if Adele comes on now, he cries because he's so sick of Adele. And he's just tired of it. And it's just, he's tired of Adele. But he's listening to Whip Nene and he's listening to Adele. And I started to think to myself, you know what? I, I don't want my son just to know a bunch of radio hits. I want my, my son to know worship songs. And I want him to know what God thinks about him. So we started to play more worship songs. And I noticed my son, he's starting to even say the word Jesus more now. And because we're putting, we're saying these ears are sensitive and we don't want the world's message in his ears. We want God's thoughts. We want God's or, uh, decrees and God's plans to be in his ears. I want to encourage you. You ought to treat your ears the same. You ought to be sensitive. Say, I'm not going to let this person speak negativity over me. I'm not going to let my old boss say that about me. I'm not going to let critical comments come upon my social media. I'm going to allow what God says about me and God's thoughts about me. I'm going to listen to God's word. Watch what the Bible says in Romans. And watch how when you do this, faith comes to you. It says this in Romans. It says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So you say, how, do, how does faith come to my world? Faith comes from listening to what the Bible says. It would be tragic if you are a Christian and a believer and you never read the Bible. I think you ought to read about, the, these are 66 love letters written down to you. And you ought to read about what God's thoughts are towards your life. Read about God's promises. You ought to listen to the plans that God has for you. You'd be overwhelmed. You'd be astounded. You'd be excited. You'd get more faith if you expose yourself to God's word. That's why we released our podcast this last week. And I encourage you, you ought to just go listen to the podcast so you don't just listen to the message on Sunday night, but you listen to it again and maybe again and you get God's thoughts in your your spirit, you get God's thoughts into your ears, and you start to say, I know what God thinks about me. I know what God says. So when the enemy tries to speak a lie, so that when some, some human tries to speak rejection, you say, nope, I've already been listening to God. I've got a bank account. I've got a savings account of God's word, and I'm full of God's word. I can stand against your lie. I can stand against your accusation. I know what God says about me. I've been listening to the sound of heaven. Come on, anybody want to, to hear that in your ear, what God says? So faith people are trusting, and they agree. And faith people, they're listeners. And I'll write this down, number four, they're responders. They respond to God. You ever text somebody and they don't text you back? Tell the truth and shame the devil, this ever happened to you. You text somebody, why is it in life, there are certain people, if they don't text you back, it's totally fine? You give them the excuse, oh, I know you're busy, it's totally fine. Hey, don't even worry about it, bro. I know I get it. We're just, we're new friends, I get it. But there are other people in your world that they don't text you back in 30 minutes, you're gonna kill them. Like you're gonna blow up their phone. Like, are you for real right now? Yo, you gonna ignore me. I see what happens. Oh, I see you really? Oh, you think you're so cool now. Okay, you blow up their phone. Am I, am I the only person that's crazy here tonight? Nothing drives me crazier than when people don't respond on a group text. Somebody say amen. Drive me crazy. <laughs> you don't respond. 
Or you ever be that person, you don't respond to a text for a long time and you see the text and a mad amount of guilt comes over you and you feel like you gotta just like send all the emojis and memes in your phone to make them LOL and feel, make up for the time that you lost? Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like, I don't ever want you to feel like I just ignored Because we all feel bad when we don't respond. Faith people are responders. Faith people don't just hear from God, they respond to God. Faith people don't just trust in God and they, they agree with God and they listen to God. No, faith people say, if that's what God wants, that's what I'm going to do. So in other words, faith people don't just sit on the couch. Faith people are people of action. They say, if God's calling me to do this, I'm going to do this. Well, let's go to the Bible and let's go to a man named Abraham. The Bible says of this man named Abraham that God one day comes to him and says, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to cause you to be a blessing. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a great name. I'm going to give you a son. Woo! You're going to be, Abraham, I'm going to take it. But the only thing is, Abraham, I need you to get up from LA right now. I need you to leave your lease, leave your job, leave your home. Don't worry about where we're going. I know people are going to think you crazy, but just come follow me. I'll show you later where we're going. The Bible says Abraham, he doesn't get on Google to see what it would say. He doesn't call his pastor. He doesn't consult his parents. No, the Bible says in obedience, in faith, in trust, in confidence and belief in God, he just gets up and he leaves his home. And he starts to follow God and God's leading him. And years later, years later, after the promise had been given so many years ago, years later, the promise would be fulfilled. Abraham gets his son. Abraham gets his heir. His, all the things that God spoke over him are going to happen. This is the best day ever. He has now posted on Instagram. He has put in his first name, his middle name, his last name, his how many pounds, how many ounces, his length. And the, the comments are flooding. This is the most beautiful baby ever. God speaks to Abraham again, says, Abraham, after all these years of waiting for the promise, now that the promise is fulfilled, I want you to take the promise, bring him up to the mountain, and I want you to sacrifice your promise. Abraham could have sat in the hospital room like, no, no, get off me, Satan. No. But Abraham said, if that's what God wants, that's what God gets. And he took his, his son Isaac up to the mountain and he responded in obedience and he responded in action and he started to go for the sacrifice. And God spoke to him. And he said, hey, I, I want you to don't, 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 don't do this. I was just testing you to see if you would respond when I speak. I'm telling you, God's looking for some people that don't just say, I trust you and got some lip service, but he's looking for some people that say, I'll prove it with my actions. I'll prove it with my steps. I'll prove it. I'll forgive that person. I'll give that money. I'll help that church. I'll be involved in that thing. Come on. What are the things in your life you need to respond to? Stop being satisfied with knowing what you should do. Step out the boat and do what you're called to do. Do the things that God has called you to respond to and be a part of it. Come on, if you believe it tonight, you ought to put your hands together and get a little bit excited about responding to God. I invite the worship team to come up. I want to give you the fifth, fifth and final thing tonight. So they are trusting people, agreeing people, faith people. They are absolutely listeners. They're responders. And number five, I love this about faith people. They are speaking. In other words, they do not get really quiet in times when they should get really loud. 
In other words, when they don't see the reality of what God has spoken, they speak it anyways. Some of you need to start speaking your future into existence. You need to start calling by faith the things of God for your world. Saying, God's called me to do it. It's going to happen. God, I, I speak it in the name of Jesus. Come on, Zoe. I believe God's, I'll tell you some things that don't happen that are going to happen for Zoe Church. I believe one day we're going to have buildings. I believe one day we're going to have music that changes this world. I believe one day there'll be interns in this church. We're going to raise up some of the best world changers and world leaders that the world has ever seen. I believe that one day we'll have campuses all over this city. Come on, I, 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 I don't see it yet, but I speak those things that don't exist as though they do. That's faith. It's the spirit of faith. Watch this last verse in the book of Romans. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. Why don't you stand to your feet? It says, God who gives life to the dead. Now this is God speaking. Talking about God. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Faith people have the ability to speak the language of heaven. They speak the language of positivity. Come on, let me ask you a question. What are the words that have been coming out of your mouth? Have you been speaking in pessimism? Have you been speaking in smallness? Have you had critical nature coming out of your mouth? And you just, you know, the Bible says the power of life and death are in the tongue. Stop speaking death when you could be speaking life. Say, I know that my future is bright. I know that God's called me. I know that I'm anointed. I know I've got a future. I know that I've got a plan. I know I'm going somewhere. I know I don't see it yet, but I'm speaking those things that don't exist as though they did that's what faith people do it's not just about trust it's not just about oh I agree not just about listening sometimes you gotta open up your mouth and declare the word of God and say I know I'm healed I know I'm forgiven I know I'm anointed I know I'm called for this position I know I'm stepping into it come on do I got any faith people here tonight do I got anybody that would say that's my kind of person right there that's my kind of church right there that's my kind of future right there oh I'm not gonna be quiet I'm not gonna hold back I'm not gonna choose to just accept things the way they are oh I'm stepping forward with a little bit of faith and a little bit of expectation. Oh, come on, if you got faith tonight, lift your voice, lift your faith. Come on, let's praise Jesus tonight. Hallelujah. Praise the name.